The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the ninth and 10th chapters. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. And these are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you pro go, proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without payment, so give without payment. The Gospel of the Lord. On June 17th, 2015, five years ago this week, Pastor Clementa C. Pickney, Cynthia Marie Graham Hurd, Susie Jackson, Ethel Lee Lance, DePayne Middleton Doctor, Taiwanza Sanders, Pastor Daniel Lee Simmons, Sharonda Coleman Singleton, and Myra Thompson were murdered by a self-professed white supremacist while they gathered for Bible study and prayer at Emmanuel African and Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina. They became known as the Emmanuel Nine. Pastors Pickney and Simmons were both graduates of the ELCA's Lutheran Theological Southern Seminary. A resolution to commemorate June 17th as a day of penance for the martyrdom of the Emmanuel Nine was adopted by the church-wide assembly of the ELCA last year. Congregations of the ELCA are encouraged to reaffirm their commitment to the repenting of the sins of racism and white supremacy continuing to plague this church, to venerate the martyrdom of the Emmanuel Nine, and to mark this day of penance, penitence with study and prayer. A documentary on YouTube tells the story and is titled Emmanuel. Then this week I heard that not far from here in South Minneapolis, an African-American family that has lived in their home for 51 years in a quiet neighborhood getting along with their neighbors, that in these last two weeks, Windows in their home were smashed three times. And police are considering it race-related. 
Lake Nokomis Lutheran Church has adopted a racial justice statement and it's posted on the church's website under who we are. It reads, we renew our baptismal covenant to strive for justice and for all God's children. We confess that our cultural bias blocks us from recognizing racial injustice and that our fear slows our work toward racial equity. We believe that we must identify the inequalities that are embedded in our judicial, educational, economic, and political systems. We also must re be resolved to change them, even if it means losing unearned privileges. We accept God's call to affirm and celebrate the diversity found in God's children. We pray that the Holy Spirit will lead us in our continuing work as we listen and engage in conversation, challenging the deep roots of racism. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we will be respectful and keep people engaged so that each of our stories may be heard and lead us to a true change of heart. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Micah 6, verse 8. One of the remarkable things about this bold statement is that it takes this church beyond our immediate members. It commits L&L to change attitudes and behaviors, changes that may come at personal discomfort. In the Gospel according to Matthew, Jesus has been teaching and preaching for several chapters. And then he pauses for a breath looks out on the crowds that have gathered and it broke his heart. The crowds are not a group of people with a purpose coming to cheer on a hero or, or protest a cause. The crowds are people lost. They have no leader, no purpose, no direction. They, they are a mishmash from everywhere, no one connected to the next, a mob showing up, wandering in from every which way. They are poor. They are put down, oppressed, harassed by authorities, bullied. They have little hope, few opportunities, locked in a system that makes sure they will not succeed. The crowds are a central part of the story of Jesus, nameless ones who have nothing, not even identity, not even place. It is for these that Jesus' heart sinks. It is to these that Jesus sends the twelve. No longer can the Lutheran church be just for its members. No longer can church be a place to bring those who are like us, who, who look like us, who are polite like us, who dress like us. Instead, Jesus sends the church to the crowds, to the desperate, to the struggling, the stressed. And this work is huge. The challenge monumental. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Not enough are doing the hard work our society demands. Not enough are willing to move out of personal comfort and security 
to bravely greet the God-blessed on the street. Jesus sends them out with authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to cure every disease and every sickness. In other words, Jesus gives them the authority to make things right for the oppressed, the authority to build neighborhoods where unclean spirits of discrimination are cast out, authority to bring about economic justice that leads to adequate health care, sufficient income, family stability, curing even the disease of poverty. They have the authority of Christ to critique and to call to account and to create a better way. The twelve are sent out not to gather members to Jesus, but to bring Jesus to the neighborhood. The good news is that when this happens, the kingdom of God has come near. June 17th is commemoration of the Emmanuel 9, a day of repentance and remembrance that racial violence is still a struggle. And then also on Friday of this week, June 19th, is another commemoration. Friday is Juneteenth, also called Emancipation Day. It's the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States. Dating back to 1865, it was on June 19th that Union soldiers, led by Major General Gordon Granger, landed in Galveston, Texas, with the news that the war had ended and that the enslaved were now free. Note that this was two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation signed on January 1st, 1863. Texas was geographically isolated and beyond the battlefields of the Civil War. So following Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation to escape the devastation of war and to hold on to their slaves, slaveholders migrated to Texas with their slaves. Union Army General Gordon Granger arrived at Galveston Island with 2,000 federal troops to occupy Texas on behalf of the federal government. And the following day, standing on the balcony of Galveston's Ashton Villa, Granger read aloud the contents of the General Order Number no. 3, announcing the total emancipation of those held as slaves. These slaves were not the last to be freed on American soil, however, because the Emancipation Proclamation did not apply to border states that remained in the Union. The final remaining slaves would not be liberated until the proclamation of the 13th Amendment on December 18, 1865. But celebration of Juneteenth began in Texas that following year by former slaves freed on that date, celebrated with barbecues and baseball and jubilation. It is fitting this week to take time on Wednesday to commemorate the Emmanuel Nine, reflecting on our own personal biases 
and then to celebrate on Friday, Juneteenth, the end of slavery and the beginning of justice and freedom for all. It is a way to enter into the world of those we might not know, a way to move out of our usual celebrations and routines, and a way to see things differently. May God's Holy Spirit lead you by the hand into this marvelous world. And may God's Holy Spirit send us with authority to critique and create a new place for all. Amen.